welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Jade Burke, editor of My Grapevine. How are you doing, Jade? Hi, Sophie. All good. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. We're obviously doing another episode of the podcast while we're working remotely, so we will be dialing in, you know, remotely for the purpose of the podcast. We do apologise if the sound quality isn't as optimum as it could go, but we are still dedicated to bring you the latest topical debates in a short HR podcast, whether it's from our home as it is at the moment or from our designated recording room back in the office. So the topic of this week's uh, podcast is going to be about encouraging staff to switch off after work, particularly when it comes to a Friday after a week of work and people should be downing tools for a weekend of rest. As has been well documented, the pandemic has greatly blurred the lines between personal and professional life and some staff really have struggled to separate the two. In March, some data released by NordVPN found that since the majority of UK businesses were forced into remote working at the beginning of March, remote employees have been putting in an extra two hours per day, which means that they are unlikely shutting down their computers and switching off from their corporate life at the end of the working day. According to Daniel Markson, who is the digital privacy expert of NordVPN Teams, um, at the time of the study, remote workers were shown to be working circa 11 hours a day, which he cited as some of the longest hours in the world at the moment and obviously overworking and working um, longer hours than is um, necessary will likely result in a poor work-life balance but before we get down into the nitty-gritty and share some tips around how HR can encourage staff to down tools at the end of the day and indeed for the weekend Jade I believe you've got some statistics to share about the importance of maintaining a good work-life balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that has been a topic HR has had to contend with as more and more employees seek to work for a business that promotes that healthy balance of personal and work life. And uh, previous research has indicated that most flexible arrangements do actually make a huge difference to the quality of people's lives, while also having no impact on someone's career. So offering flexibility should should be a no-brainer, I would say. But it does seem that while flexible working has become more widespread among businesses, some organisations are failing to offer their staff this desirable benefit. So prior to our recording today, so if I carried out some research into this, and according to the CIPD, while more than half of UK workers work flexibly in some way, there is still a lot of unmet demand as two in three workers would like to work flexibly in a way that is not currently available to them. Of course, no employer or HR department could have predicted the current circumstances workers up and down the UK have found themselves in as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. As we all know, where possible, employees were told to work from home in order to help prevent the spread of the virus, which ultimately has forced even those most traditional employers who want and expect their staff to be in the office every day of the year to actually change tact and offer this this benefit. But we have seen some massive movements from organisations following the recent move to remote working. So, for example, we previously reported that 
social media giant Twitter told its staff that they could work from home forever if they choose to amid the crisis. Meanwhile, other news found that the financial service operator MasterCard also told its employees they could do the same. And I think this really goes to show a shift in the mindsets of employers, not just in regards to their employees' safety when it comes to the global pandemic in terms of keeping them at home and safe, but actually their well-being, particularly in regards to work-life balance. You know, if homeworking does become a more permanent fixture, employers need to ensure that employees are not constantly working and ultimately burning themselves out. Alex MK, the operations and people director at the publisher Pink News, previously spoke to me on this sort of topic and shared with me that the current working from home situation has actually shone a light on how employers can support work-life balance for their employees. He told me, remote working just reflects all work-life balance. I think this has been a really challenging time for people and I'm really proud of the work we have done at Pink News as an HR team and management groups to support the workforce. I think mindfulness, well-being and mental health is only going to go further as it has shown that businesses play such an important role in people's lives to their health and well-being. And I think coronavirus is only making that more of a place where people can find support and help. I think businesses are going to really have to continue any sort of mental health and well-being strategies that they have got and scale them up to support a more remote and agile workforce. And to me, I think that really just sums it up. Hi, my name is Daniel Cave, Head of Content at HR Grapevine. I'm interrupting your usual podcast listening to tell you about our inaugural virtual HR event, HR Technology, A Brave New World, which perhaps obviously, is all about HR technology and digital ways of working and how you can utilise these aspects to drive people-powered business results whilst boosting the profile of the HR function you work in. Hosted on July the 1st and July the 2nd, it will feature live chats with subject area experts in payroll, employee experience, engagement and automation from companies such as ADP, Bridge, Ceridian, Cornerstone, Glint, Oracle, and Sage. What's more, there'll be networking with your peers and presentations and virtual fireside chats with leading HR names, including speakers who've presented at TEDx and Davos World Forum, as well as HR leaders from BP Launchpad, GIFGAF, and CERN, as they talk through everything that is digital well-being, the online employee experience during the pandemic, and what engagement really means. It's going to be two days that you can't miss out upon. What's more, it's free to register, which you can do so now or after you finish listening to this week's podcast by heading to virtual.hrgrapevine.com. That's virtual.hrgrapevine.com. And with it being virtual, you won't even have to leave the spare room, home office, kitchen surface, or front room coffee table that you're currently working on to be able to attend. Stay safe, guys and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I think we've got some great advice from Alex there, who um, obviously shared some anecdotes of what the people team at Pink News have done to promote a good work-life balance. And of course, having health and wellbeing initiatives does play a big part in this, but also encouraging staff and supporting staff to switch off at the end of the day is a key determiner too. And I think that brings us nicely onto the next section of the podcast, which is about how HR can encourage staff to unwind and switch off when the working day is over. Yeah, definitely. And, and and like we've said, it, it is difficult at the moment in terms of working in your home. That's also your office. 
And I think it could be getting harder for employees to switch off from work and unwind while they're in the comfort of their own home. We, we all know this can be particularly dangerous as employees may put in longer hours, perhaps answer emails on the weekend and even finish off tasks, for example, which, of course, can lead to burnout. This is supported in some previous stats I found prior to the podcast, which were released in 2015 under the Workplace Flexibility Study. It stated that 65% of employees said that their manager expects them to be reachable outside of the office. And this will likely have increased during the pandemic, where employers are unable to physically see their staff on a daily basis. With this, I think it's crucial that HR concentrate on this and think about how they can encourage staff to unwind and relax, particularly on the weekend when they are working from home during the lockdown period. To help HR on this mission, the British Psychological Society recently published guidance on how to create healthy, sustainable home working conditions for both workers and their employers. Drawing on psychological expertise, it advised employees to set appropriate boundaries between their work and personal life. And it also encouraged employers to address the risks to physical and mental well-being when it comes to remote working. Lastly, um, it also recommended that employers adopt a flexible approach because each worker's situation will be different and may also change incredibly fast. Following the release of the guidance, Professor Gail Kinman, the joint author and also a member of the BEPS COVID-19 Working Differently group, said, Working from home can work well, but under current conditions, some people have struggled to adjust to new environments and working patterns. Managing employees is different, and what works in a traditional workplace may not apply when working remotely. It's important to get the balance right when making arrangements that aim to meet everyone's needs. Effective two-way communication is essential at every stage. And I think what Kimman said there is, uh, is particularly poignant, um, as it just goes to show the importance of communication during this time between employees and their employer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just moving that one step further in terms of ascertaining key HR takeaways for our listeners, ahead of the podcast, I spoke to Hayley Randall, People Development Manager at ICD Property, who essentially explained that the firm had circulated some work from home hacks in order to encourage staff to disconnect from work and in order for them to be fully present in their own lives. So firstly, as I'm sure lots of HR professionals will advise, encourage employees to have a dedicated office area for their work mode, as it were. And if possible, and I appreciate this isn't always the case depending upon an individual's living situations it's a good idea to try and separate bedrooms and lounge areas and have those as kind of like home hubs and then have an area that's dedicated to professional life if you are able to do that then it's really good at the end of the day because you can shut the door and kind of get on with your evening and almost have that real separation between the two another tip she gave was shutting down your work computer to avoid the temptation of doing you know just a bit more admin or replying to emails on the sofa in the evening etc etc also the concept of having like an out of sight drawer so having somewhere to kind of stash all of your work files papers notebooks and everything is quite a good idea just kind of keeping out of sight so that in the evenings you don't have to look at what your to-do list is for tomorrow for example after work it might be a good idea to try and mimic a commute and perhaps go for a walk on the block to you know differentiate and separate yourself from work in addition this could also be really good mentally as well as a way of helping you clear your head um, which I know a lot of people have said they've missed from their their work commutes but I think the most important thing that Hayley shared is the mantra that all of this should be modelled from the top and company leaders should be actively encouraging these practices to give further validation to staff that 
it's supported that they do this. Essentially, though, there is no point in circulating this guidance if company leaders are just going to message their direct reports at 10pm at night and expect an instantaneous reply. It's got to be, you know, a two-way thing. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or marketing and research papers. So to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit www.hrgrapevine.com. Thank you.